Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I am joined today by Maggie Palmer. Hello, Maggie. Hi, Sarah. Should you say it or Happy. should I? We should say it at the same time. Oh, one, two, three. Happy, Happy Global, Global Running Global Day. Running Day. <laughs> Did I mess it up? <laughs> no. It's organic. It's natural. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Yes. So then did you go running there in Chicago? I did. I went to Orange Theory and they had a special uh, running segment. So we ran for 23 minutes just for distance. Oh, wow. And was it a competition to see who ran the furthest? Well, technically no, but you know, (laughs) it always kind of is. But um, I thought I was hauling and I I did 2.5 miles in 23 minutes. Yeah. Which is good for me. But yeah, the no, girl next to me did 3.1. Oh, mm-hmm. all right. Okay. Yeah. Wow. For her just to bang out a 23-minute f- 5K? She's kind of a beast. And I saw her coming by me, and I was kind of like, oh, do I move treadmills? <laughs> I was next to, like, a nice older lady to my left who was like, I'm just going to do my best. I'm like, yeah, me too. And then, <laughs> and then she... This, this chick comes up. I'm like, great. I knew fast because I've been next to her before. Now that I can pee, but she was like at an eight and then she was at a nine on a treadmill that goes to a 12. I mean, I've never touched 12. I don't know what that feels like on a treadmill. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, I went running outside today solo. My first, um, sorry, my second Uh, run back after my plantar fasciitis, which really today's run proved it is not after plantar fasciitis. It is during plantar fasciitis. Oh no. Yeah. I ran two miles on Sunday before I did my first open water swim of the season. And, oh, that was joyful. I adored that. And that run felt good. Like my foot didn't bother me and it didn't bother me really all that much afterwards. And so I was like, okay, you know, it's global running day. And, um, and I've been trouble having trouble finding a workout to do on a Wednesday. Like there's no classes that I want to do. And, uh, so yeah, so I went three miles and it felt pretty good up until the final mile. And now it's hurting mm. some. So, um, I don't know. So I think I was being too, um, ambitious. I don't know. So, yeah, I um, think when you've always done longer distances, it's probably hard to just go out for a a nice two mile run mm-hmm. that probably feels like a warm up to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. So, and then it just, you just, it just is like life in general. You, it, you're only right there in the moment. You don't know what's coming. So it, it might've felt great at 1.75, 1.76. And, you know, suddenly then, you know, 2.03, then the, the pain set in. So, Um, so who knows? I tell myself that the fact that it's painful right this moment doesn't mean it's going to keep being painful and doesn't mean, you know, it's not, you know, time to, you know, call it the apocalypse. So it's, it's fine. I just really, I guess I was motivated by wanting to be part of the global running day. So yeah, well, you still did it. You did more than me. (laughs) (laughs) No, but then you also, I did, I did do some, um, strength exercise, just body weight things when I got back. Um, but, you know, and then you you had a full Orange Theory workout, so you did all sorts of strength stuff. Yeah, we did um, an 800-meter row, and mm-hmm. and then we did um, some ab stuff, ab dolly, mm-hmm. yeah, and some weights. It's great. Good. It's, good. it's such a good workout. I mean, that's what so we're talking about today you... is mixing it up and mm. 
trying new things. So Maggie, you did some running at our retreat. I haven't really got to hear how the relay went for you in Ogden. You know, it was great. It was a really long time to wait. Um, we were kind of just, they dropped us off in the middle of the mountain up there for a bit. <laughs> and I was just waiting for Adrian. And I don't know how Adrian was doing it, but she was texting me the whole time, kind of like, oh, just past mile <laughs> three. And here I am looking at oh waterfall. Gosh. And so it was nice because I knew where she was the whole time. And then um, wow. I felt kind of bad because I, you know, you just take off and you're with the marathoners. And so I'm just passing people, which is new for me in a long distance race. Um, and people are just looking at you. And I felt really guilty. It was like a very guilty run for me because you have so much energy. And these people just, you know, they're halfway through the marathon. Um, so you kind of like, you're like, excuse me, sorry, as you're passing people. You felt bad. We, uh, I think we talked about that with Amanda, maybe on the podcast about, or somewhat, we definitely have had that conversation about how that you kind of are like, sugar motherfucker, why are you, you know, <laughs> passing know. me? You're passing people and they're looking at you and you're like, excuse me, just zipping through. I apologize. <laughs> um, and actually I was running much faster than I had told the next person in my relay. Um, so she uh-huh. had just come out of the bathroom. She had just changed her shirt. And so I ran right past her. <laughs> No, I heard everybody, Maggie, Maggie. So I turned around and I was looking for her. Uh, but uh-huh. yeah, so, so it was really fun. And then I finished it with her. So again, I felt like a fraud because I'm running and this like veteran guy gives me a, an American flag, a little flag. And he's like, take this to uh-huh. finish. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I'll hold the banner high. How do you say no to an American flag? Right. So then sure. I'm running with the American flag and I'm crossing the finish line and people are like, Oh, thank you for your service. And so now I'm like, oh my gosh, now I'm like a veteran finishing a marathon and I'm neither one of these things. It was just like, no, I'm good. I'm sorry. Yes. Well, God bless America. I got to get out of here. Poser squared. Oh my God. I felt really bad. I just wanted a sign that was like, I am neither a veteran. Uh, I thank you all for your service, nor did I finish a marathon. I just ran eight miles. (laughs) Right. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So Maggie, then back to civilian life. (laughs) (laughs) And you are there in Chicago, but your husband is in Ohio. So you are a solo parent right now. Yeah, I've been a solo parent for, gosh, I don't know, a little over a month. And um, I don't say anything about it because I have actual, you know, single parent friends. And I I know they would, you know, punch me in the face or at least slap me. Um, a good backhand, but uh-huh. what I was explaining to one of my friends who was open to having the conversation was when you've been married for 11 years, you divide the duties. So the hard part yeah. is like, you've kind of been maybe spoiled or you fell into your role. And so not having mm-hmm. that person there is kind of like, Oh, what's that smell? Oh, the trash needs to go out. You know, like just little things that you forget to do, you know? Uh-huh. Right, right. Well, I've been having it on a much, much smaller scale. Jack has been out of town now for, I guess, a week. He went to uh, Colgate Reunion, our alma mater reunion, and then he went and spent time with his dad. And then he actually drove down to Connecticut yesterday to spend a couple hours with my mother, which was very nice of him. And he hasn't seen he hasn't seen my parents for quite a long time because he typically doesn't go out to visit when we go out just because it's expensive and it's not all that much for him to do. He just kind of sits around. So 
Anyway, so he went down and spent a couple hours with my mom, and then he's spending one final day with his um, dad and stepmom, and then he'll come back tonight. But yeah, I hear you. It's like, oh, okay, that dishwasher is not going to empty itself. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's always something. Like, I don't sit down until 9 or 10 o'clock at night, um, and that's usually my bedtime is 10 o'clock, but my three-year-old has been sleeping in bed. Uh, So everyone's just a little Uh off. The whole family is just off, you know? Yeah, I... um, Oh my gosh, Jack is a wonderful handyman. He used to be a contractor at one point, so he can just fix anything. And so, you know, of course, one of our toilets breaks the day he goes away. And then I went to kill a fly on uh, a pane of glass in our kitchen windows. And the entire pane of glass just popped out oh. and fell on <laughs> fell onto the um, uh, deck outside and fell down the stairs. And thankfully it it was completely intact so i picked it up put it back in and then it wouldn't stay by itself because like the casement i think that's might be what it's called had kind of rot it's wooden and so it's kind of deteriorated rotted and so i just taped some cardboard on top of it and of course all three children mom why's there cardboard on the window mom mom and i'm like oh my gosh it really isn't that big of a deal so um waiting for jack to come home and i don't know i'm thinking there will be a, a culk gun will be involved uh <laughs> see i mean you think of yourself as this like you know strong able woman but yeah th- you just realize there's certain things that you're good at and there's certain things that he's good at yeah although i did sort of fix the um the uh freezer um drawer the you know we have a like a sub-zero in on the bottom it's a drawer for a freezer and it completely got off it got kind of cattywampus somehow so i was able to fix that and there was a point that i thought oh i'm just gonna have to leave this like this until jack gets back i'm like okay that's not a long-term solution so um so phoebe phoebe witnessed it she was pretty impressed that i did it so anyway yeah but he gets back tonight and of course you know i'll be um cursing his whistling and snoring and all that stuff by about 24 hours after he gets home. But, um, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I I definitely think solo parenting must be so difficult and, you know, getting just a small taste of it reaffirms that belief. It's just exhausting. uh, It's just nonstop. There's nobody, nobody to help you. mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Phoebe came home sick from school the other day and she texted and asked if I could pick her up which is something Jack would typically do because um, she has migraines. So she, for her to call, say she needs to come home from school is not an unusual occurrence. And I was like, no, I got a call that I have to be in front of my computer on. I said, I could call you a lift if you tell me exactly where you're standing and we'll meet the driver. She's like, no, it's okay. I'll take the bus. So Maggie, when are you and your man going to be reunited? Is that later this month? Yes, we got our official close date on the house. It's June 29th. And then we're going to spend the 4th of July in Chicago and, you know, do all the fun stuff here with the fireworks. And then uh, the next day we move. Nice, nice, nice. So, and you'll be how close to your parents then when you're back in Ohio? 30 minutes. All right. Well, so then you're going to go from being a solo parent to having people who could pinch it for you in a, in a pinch. Yeah. Too much up in my biz. No, it'll be great. <laughs> Sorry. I was supposed to think that. Not it's going to be awesome. No, it will be. I, I've never lived by family. We were in Oregon for 10 years yeah. without you know, family. So it'll be great. Yeah, it will be great. But gosh, I still, every time you talk about what you're doing, I just think you're not on Sam Martin anymore. Like, <laughs> I know. 
It's but, crazy. And I'm watching all my friends that are there. I've already told them just book a flight to Cleveland. You can stay at our house. We have a guest room. If you <laughs> see anything on the radar, I mean, because it's supposed to be a pretty active hurricane season this year. I know. I know. And then, you know, it's been so much in the news with particularly all the news about Puerto Rico. And it's just like, wait, how is it already hurricane season again? It, it, it seems like it also fresh still in the mind and still not recovered. And oh, my goodness. So yeah, there's a I lot just, of work that wasn't done. Yeah. Yeah. And I just um, so I, I know I tell you this, and I hope you know, I think it a lot. I just really, really so admire how you have rolled with all of this and, and dealt with it. So um, kudos to you, Maggie. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. So well, let's move on to our guests. We have two of them today. They're going to be in studio one after another. I'm very excited. I always love having somebody in studio with me. In addition to Alex, uh, I had to get that in there before he shot me <laughs> the evil eye. <laughs> so we are going to be talking about um, kind of putting joy back in workout because the two guests are um, one of them is the founder of the Portland based startup that connects you with mostly free classes. It's called join, which is spelled J O Y N and joins tagline is move on from the gym. Maggie, you and I'll be talking with the founder of join Gwen Sullivan, as well as an instructor. And again, we'll be exploring the assertion that this is another one of their taglines quote, movement should be measured not by numbers, but by how it makes us feel. And we're ready to feel amazing. We'll talk to Gwen right after this short break. Stay with us. This spring, Gwen Sullivan launched Join, described as group classes for movement and joy. Gwen has worked for Nike for many years, most recently in Nike running. Welcome to the podcast and the studio, Gwen. Thank you. It's good to be here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So you're a mom of two kids, is that right? I am, yes. I've got an eight-year-old and a six-year-old at home. Oh, all right. All right. So final week of school. This is the final week. Yeah. Yeah. Someone actually just recently asked, they're like, so are you thinking of having any more kids? And I was like... Uh, no, I have a baby. It's the startup. Join. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like takes enough of my time. Acts like a baby. Um, yeah, no, two kids. They're awesome. And yeah, summer breaks right around the corner. Right, right. So Gwen, tell us about your pre-join life. I know we just talked about Nike running, um, but both professionally and athletically. Athletically, that's kind of fun. That I don't get that question often. Um, well, so I was at. I was in Nike running, uh, which was. A really interesting experience. I do not consider myself a runner or a particularly a, a great athlete. Uh, but I went into Nike running uh, and really my job was, how do we make running more accessible for, for more people? Um, now, I was going into an environment where I had coworkers who were Olympic athletes, people who ran all the time because they loved it. Apparently, these people existed. This was all new to me. I felt like I was doing more research inside than, than outside. But to, to everyone else, I was kind of the anomaly and the, the interesting case study. Um, and uh, and just was, learned a lot, honestly, about about running, uh, but also kind of the blending of these two worlds. So my, my point of view around running was, okay, you – put on your shoes, you go out and you just run as hard as you can. And you probably feel like you're going to die. You get a side ache, right? And, uh, and then you see if you can do it again. And if you do that enough times, you might get to a point where you're like, I really like this. And I look forward (laughs) to running. I never got to that point, just a, you know, spoiler alert. Uh, But Nike running really did teach me like, oh, there's more ways to run. Um, And I feel like one thing that I was able to bring 
to Nike running was people don't know that. (laughs) (laughs) Most people have the impression that that I have. Um, And so there's it was just a really it was an interesting experience to try to think like blend those worlds of how do how do you make running more accessible um, and so I kind of had my own journey of I, I trained for uh, a half marathon. Mm-hmm. So I have that's and I, I probably won't do it again. But it was it was an interesting experience. I did the San Francisco half. Nice. Which has the, the giant, giant hill at mile 10. Which Isn't that the one, though, you can choose to do the first half or the second half of I'm pretty sure that that's the one that's in the summer. OK, well, so I did it. um are you Two and talking, a half years ago, and they only had the half. It wasn't the. It wasn't. Are, the you're talking Nike Women's Marathon, aren't That's you? Correct. Yes, yes you are, because yes, there yes, is the yes. San Francisco Marathon. Yes. So, of course, being from Nike, you think there's only the Nike. Yes, yes Nike Women's before you I all did away know with it. All these different yeah, races. Yeah. I just know there's one that has <laughs> right. a big hill. And it sure the one is. I did. <laughs> it sure. I mean, Nike Women's was quite hilly. Yeah. 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 I did it. Uh-huh. Finished it. It was awesome. Uh-huh. Thank you. Um, and then, you know, I did like, again, this is my pattern. This is what I think most people do. You train forever. You're doing these really long runs. Um, and especially when you're slow, the long runs are really long. So like I would spend like my whole Saturday morning running away from my family and on my own. Uh, and then the race happens and then I didn't run for a year because I did the race, right? Check. Didn't No, no more running. Um and the interesting thing is that then towards, I think it was, it was the next summer because the Olympics were happening. Mm. Okay. And so Mo Farah was running the 10,000. And if you remember, he fell down mm-hmm. during that race mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, no, he fell. And like, what's going to happen? And he still wins mm-hmm. gold. Mm-hmm. Like incredible. Right. Uh, and so end of it, I'm like, oh my gosh, my family, we're all like, this is incredible. And my kids are just watching us like, what's going on? And my son, who at the time, I guess was six, maybe seven. Um, he immediately following was like, let's go running. Mm-hmm. I want to run. I'm like, what? Who does this? Like, I don't watch the Olympics and then say, like, I want to do this. But then I was thinking when I was a kid, this is going to date me, uh, watching Mary Lou Renton and then putting on my leotard and be like, yeah, I'm a gymnast. This is amazing. Um, so I was like, OK, I got to support this. Like, if he wants to, to go for a run, let's let's run. Uh, and so the way I would approach running, especially because I'm like, I've, I've worked at Nike running now for a couple of years, you know, I'm going to get you the right gear. Uh-huh. Let's let's go. Let's do this. And we did. We did, you know, a few blocks and uh, we were probably, you know, and I'd come home from from work, walk in the door. He's like, let's run. Let's do it. Let's go. OK, let's get out there. And one maybe the third run, he's like, Mama can I, can I lead this one? And it's not like he was running behind me. I'm not that kind of parent, right? Like I'm not like ahead of my son, my six-year-old. Um, so I was like, well, what do you mean lead it? He's like, I just want to lead how we do this run. Oh. And I was like, okay. Uh, and so I was like, I'll take a step back. And he was like, okay. Um, so I really like this, but let's just sprint to the corner because it looks really fun and the sun's on there. So, okay, we sprint to the corner. And then it's like, I want to go slow here because we can see our reflection in the oh. in the storefront window. So I'm like, okay, we make like funny faces into the window. And, and then sometimes we just walk because he wants to walk and we talk Minecraft, you know, when he's oh. young. <laughs> um, and it was actually really hard for me. Huh. Uh, and because he, he kind of challenged everything all the rules, 
and expectations that I put on myself around what I thought a run needed to be. Right. So when you run, you don't walk. Right. Like and if you walk, it's only for a short period of time. Let's let's start running again. Um, and, and, or for me, it was, you know, it didn't count unless we did three miles and he wanted to know how, how far we went. Cause he knew I was obsessed with that. So I would track it, but I was like, Ooh, I don't really want to track this. It's going to mess up. Mm. It's going to mess up my record <laughs> of like what I've been measuring. Um, and, but starting to just let all of that go. And, and it just started to become this pattern where whenever we felt like it, maybe it's in between a Saturday Lego session. It's like, let's run. It's like, okay, let's go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, okay. So Gwen join J O Y N. I mean that to me uh, to sound crass, it sounds to me like one of those things that when you thought of that spelling, it was so brilliant that you're like, I'm just going to build a whole program around that because it's so awesome. So, I mean, like when did it, when did that come to you and ha- and do you feel that that is what makes it click instantly? For people? I think it does. The, the funny thing is the name came later. Oh. Um, and so the, the fact that uh, we started to build what we thought this could could be. And then, so when the name came probably further into it, we we're like, oh, wait, is that it? I don't know. Is that cheesy? You know, you second guess <laughs> it. And then when we started to share it with people, they're like, that is so perfect. Of course, you have to have joy in the name. That's what this is all about. Right. It's like it's joy in motion, right? right? And so joy in the name is really mm-hmm. is really critical. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 it's an invitation too. So join if you, right. if you don't see oh. it, but you hear it. It's like it's an invitation for people who have not felt included from maybe the traditional fitness industry who who feel like if anything they're on the outside trying to get in or they're just on the outside and they're like I'm never going to be in there this is an invitation to maybe approach movement in a different way uh, and and starting with joy is is absolutely at the heart of it so on the website we were looking at the classes um, and they I think the names of the classes are just as fun as probably the classes. <laughs> You've got um, Fat Girls Boxing, <laughs> um, No Fatty Left Behind. We'll have to talk about that. Hula Hoop Fun, um, Body Love Yoga Burlesque, which is an interesting combo. Um, underwater Hockey, Fat Girls Hiking. I mean, I just like how irreverent. Um, just the names of the classes are because that brings me joy. Honestly, that makes me laugh and it kind of well, it definitely makes me want to go. So can you tell us more about the wide array of joint classes? Yeah. So we knew pretty early on that if we uh, really wanted to invite more people to try moving and, and especially people who haven't traditionally participated or felt necessarily welcome, that we we had to use different language. We had to look different. Um, we needed to really represent more people to, so that because we're so conditioned to say like, oh, there's the people wearing white on the beach doing yoga. They're talking <laughs> to a certain crowd and it's not me. Right. And so if we if if we kind of fell into that traditional look, feel and language, we were going to completely alienate the the group of the regular people out there like me um, who who actually that's who we're talking to. So we 
I went out and I tried to see if could we find people who are actually leading communities in joy in movement. Um, you know, do they exist? Yes, they exist. Uh, now they're kind of hidden, right? Like they're on Instagram, they're on Facebook, they're all over. Uh, and we've that's that's where this idea. It's like, what if we could just simply be a, a website? that collects all of those and puts them in one place. So that's like the non-technical um, explanation of joins. Like we're a website. <laughs> it's it's join.co uh, and you can see all these classes. Uh, and and yeah, the I'm glad that the the names kind of make you think. Um, one of our, our team team members kind of put this rule to our classes. Like you need to have that head tilt moment. Like so if you see a class and you're like, and you kind of tilt your head, then it's probably a great class to be on join. Uh, and and so those now we don't we don't write the names of the classes. Um, oh, really? These, and you don't say, oh, your class is perfect, but but we need to have a more head tilty name. No, no. We, so we we try. We don't want to. I mean, if they want help with it, we'll absolutely help if they're trying to kind of come up with another name. Because some, some of some people also just say like, oh, we're a boot camp or we're a run or we're, a, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, ah, let's get more descriptive. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, let's really like so people know what they're getting into because that's not the most descriptive. Um, but Fackerel's hiking, that's that's uh, summer creating that that class and that that name. Uh, people of color hike. That's Raikim, who who absolutely wants wants that in the name. And and the reason is that they need explicit invitations hmm. to their audience. Because if you have been excluded, then to really know that this is something for you and an invitation, then mm. you need to say it. Mm. You need to purposely say like, hey, all you bigger bodies, we're talking to you. You're going to feel safe. There's people like you here. There's people like you teaching it. Like, give it a try. And, and that gives... These leaders are, are, are representing diversity and they are really being creative. They're redefining what movement looks like and they're redefining, you know, who gets permission to participate mm. and it's leading by example. Well, that's really what we've been looking for. So, but I think about, I assume you want to take join nationwide. Yeah. And that, yes, there is a head nod. So that, um, so, but that to me, you know, like to have quirky names of classes or things like that, that's very Portland. Mm-hmm. So how do you, you know, are you worried about going out to Nebraska and South Carolina and New Hampshire and finding classes that are, you know, fat girl this, and, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, people of color that, you know, like. I'm not worried. I, I think what's interesting is we just launched. Mm-hmm. It hasn't even been quite two full months Mm -hmm. but almost we're getting there um and already we're getting requests from other cities Mm. uh and there and and there is there's a larger dialogue that's happening uh and saying like hey we want someone just said in in their their words like well we got fatties up here in washington like (laughs) we want we want some classes um it's like awesome that's great like we're only in portland right now uh but i i think what we're we're doing again is we're a platform that is elevating other people's voices mm-hmm. that haven't been heard because we want to help build a larger community. And by elevating their voices uh, and allowing them to build and grow their communities, it's going to have a larger impact on communities in other cities. And there's already have been some, some connections, even uh, with, with communities in LA and mentoring that's happening with some of the leaders in Portland, mm. with leaders in other cities. So I, 
again, we hope to be in other cities around around the U.S. We're going to focus on on Portland for now, but I think that this is going to be something that that just spreads and ignites in other other areas. Mm-hmm. So our tagline and how we sign our like how we sign our first book, how we sign off on this podcast is many happy miles. So that obviously that phrase came to me, obviously, while I was writing up these show notes. I mean, so from what you've seen in these classes, what you've from talking to instructors, I mean, how do you think you can give advice to people to make miles happy? Well, you get to chat with Sarah. <laughs> the, yeah, the, who's, our next guest. Who's yeah. an expert. Who, yeah, who, but, but how, about, how about for the people who are, who are, you know, who are in the Nebraska, South Carolina, the New Hampshire, who don't have join yet? Like, how can, how can you take what you've learned here and just give advice to people who want to, you know, add joy to their movement? Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to, to, to offer my point of view. I think I'm I'm still a work in progress with all, all of that, especially with the, the running miles piece. Uh, but I think one is, you know, we, we, we measure things in such a rigid way, right? Like it's, it only counts with how, you know, how many miles did I do or how fast did I do it? And I would, I would just challenge to say, well, Hey, how did that run make you feel? Um, maybe another one could just be, you know, who are you with? Like sometimes there's like a running buddy. I would challenge to go with a group of people. Um, building that community is just a it's it's a network. Uh, it's a support group, right? That you can really connect with. Um, and that's that's something I think starting with the the community and what it is like, how you feel, what you're looking for at this moment in time, like being in the moment versus thinking, "Ooh, what was I like ten years ago." Or even like two months ago. It's like, no, how am I feeling right now today? And maybe you need a walk today. And and take in accepting that uh, and kind of enjoying it and seeing where that takes you. And then the next day, maybe you're back and you're running and it feels good. Uh, or if your body hurts, that, that that's okay too. Um, I think that this is just around challenging ourselves with the way that that we set expectations and just say, maybe my goal is joy. (laughs) Maybe it's to smile. We love a good anecdote. Can you lay one or two of them on us from these first few months of join? Sure. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, Let's see. Uh, A couple, couple ones. Okay. One, let's see. I have a, I have a good girlfriend who I've grown up with. Uh, She is a hardcore runner. Uh, and always wanted to kind of, she's like, oh, no, really, I'll run with you. It's okay, you know. And I'm like, oh, God, like, you're fast. She ran in college. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. She's like, no, I like to run and just chat and catch up. This is how I connect with people. I'm like, who does that? I don't, I don't believe you. <laughs> uh, and so I never done, have done it. And, I mean, I've grown up with this, this woman. She's amazing, but no, won't, won't run with her. So she, we launched Join, and, uh, and she's like, this is awesome, great. I'm like, Okay, you choose the class and I will, I'll do it with you because I'm joining, I'll, I'll do it. And she writes, she's like, I just had hip surgery. Uh, so there's no, there's nothing for me. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, did you go to, <laughs> did you go to our website? Because I think there's something. Um, she's like, there's no hopping, running, moving for me. Sorry. You know? And I was like, well, there's this really great walk that happens on Tuesdays. Like, could we do that? Took, takes her a day. She gets back to me and she's like, 
okay, I checked it out. I looked at it. I can do that. The walk looks great. Like, let's do it. And I, it's around the waterfront. And I know it's something that she's probably run a million times. Um, but now we're doing it at at my speed and we'll get to do that connection and that chatting which which is great again like bringing bringing us together and allowing us to to connect but in a way that that we both feel really comfortable and we're we're ready for just where we're at in life right now like sure she had to have hip surgery and I'm still just me but (laughs) that that equaled the playing ground in a way um and then, uh, yeah, I guess another another interesting story. So our when we launched, we have a campaign called uh, Dear Jim, G-Y-M. It's our public breakup letter with the gym. So it's Dear Jim, I'm trying fun for a change. Uh, or Dear Jim, I'm seeing other people. Uh, we have one, we have it on a bus. Um, there's one that says, Dear Jim, I'm not coming back. And I just love the idea of that, like, driving away from people I'm never coming back someone's like running after it uh and and so because we felt like we needed a really strong message to start this conversation like we're not a gym we're very different there's no membership it's just pay for each class and some bunch of the classes are free right it's Mm -hmm. just like this is about being more accessible and not that gym model which most people don't use their gym memberships so we needed to be bold and, and start this conversation. And it, it worked really well. And so pretty early on, we got to we were on a local news mm-hmm. um, TV broadcast. Really excited. I brought I even brought like Dear Jim breakup like stickers. Mm-hmm. And I had my tote. I was super excited. We're getting ready. I'm sitting sitting in the chair. Lights are on. Right. The camera's about to go. And it, and they start rolling. And the the anchor looks at me and she's like, Great. So, there's a new gym that's opened up oh. in town called oh, oh, Join. Gwen, tell us. We, I couldn't find where it is. Where's the location? And I'm like, oh, shoot. I am like literally like a deer in headlights. This is not what I was planning to, to respond to. So, I'm like, uh, yeah, no, we're like the anti-gym. Like, we're absolutely not a gym. And so, I just thought like it is – I thought this is perfect because – that is people's reaction. You know, it's like they see Jim, even though it's a super bold breakup letter. Like if you hear something that is the traditional like fitness language, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I heard Jim. Where is it? What? what when's, right. When does it open? How much does it cost? Like, no, 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 guys, let's have a different conversation around this. Uh, but that one that that threw me. And I thought, well, it's good that that one came early on, because if if she did it like that was just it, it continues to happen. I had, have to be ready for it. Right. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So currently, then uh, you don't have any set plans to take it nationwide or that's in the wrap. I've got so. I've, I've got the the dream of it, but no, I mean right now we're so early on and we're such a tiny team. It's like we're just growing. We're growing Portland. So every week, getting kind of new classes on there, finding new leaders, building the community. Yeah, good, good one, Sarah. The next location is going to be Northeast Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> That's where Maggie's going to Maggie, you going to lead it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's called "Don't Look at the Treadmill Next to You at Orange Theory." <laughs> because I need to take your advice personally. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, awesome. Well, thank you, Gwen, for coming by and hanging out with Augie upstairs while we record the intro. And, that was uh, a pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> so good luck with, with your non-gym then. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Okay, so we have played a game of kind of musical chairs, getting a new guest, one getting Gwen out and getting a new guest in. So 
Now I'm joined by Sarah Foote. You are a local running coach who leads some of Join's classes. A mom of two young children, Sarah created Y East Sisterhood, a Portland, Oregon-based run, workout, and social group. Welcome to the show, Sarah, and it's good to see you again so soon. Thank you. It's good yeah. to see you. Yeah, yeah. So um, so I went to your class on Monday yes. down at Mount Tabor, which is um, we're the only city that has a, um, vol- a major U.S. city that has a volcano in it within our city limits. <laughs> yeah. So that's what Mount Tabor is, but it's uh, not active. Uh, so... Anyway, unfortunately, I wasn't able to take part because of my foot, my my dreaded plantar fasciitis. So, but when you and I were walking uh, at the start of the class, you were telling me about your evolution as a runner, and your learning curve was pretty steep, uh, <laughs> pun intended. So, so share that with us. Sure. So, I actually started running. I don't know. It's probably been about fifteen years now. Um, after college is like a really uh, lame effort to <laughs> lose a bunch of weight post college, but. Um, I had a couple of babies. I have a seven-year-old and a five-year-old. And um, in between my babies, I ran one half marathon and felt like the queen of the world. (laughs) Like I... I got this mother this motherhood thing in the bag and I can do this. And then I got pregnant again and I thought, okay... Through this second baby, I'm going to I'm going to stick with it, and when I come out the other side, I'm going to have some really big goals for myself. So, um, when my daughter was born five and a half years ago, I really struggled to jump back into training, and everything was just different. My body was different, my life was different, everything was super busy, and um, I struggled to find time for myself to get out and get after it. And actually, that's when I found you guys, um, nice. and I started reading "Train Like a Mother." Um, a mom friend gave me "Train Like a Mother," and I was like, "Okay, I got this. I can do this for sure." And so she and I buddied up, um, and we had a very long progression actually of training together. And one thing led to another, and sort of as a bad joke, we decided to run a 50K together, a trail race. And I had I had never run a trail run before in my life. I was strictly a pavement pounder. Um, and she said, let's run this 50K together, um, and let's do all of our training together. And so we did, and we totally accomplished it, and it made me feel like Superwoman. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, it's it's been a long road since then. I guess so you just skipped right over the marathon, went straight to a 50K. You know, I, I ran a marathon um, in 2008, was my first ever marathon before I had kids. My sister-in-law and I ran that together. And um, it was wonderful, but the half marathon distance was always my thing. I just really liked half marathons as a road race. Um, when When we decided to do the trail running thing together, it was sort of like this new world of like endurance athleticism where there's this <laughs> you can just go into the forest and you can be gone all day running and i was like i mean that's not a thing that people do right like nobody <laughs> nobody disappears into the forest and runs all day um but it turns out actually people do that and it makes me feel really amazing to do that so we we started small i mean we couldn't when we first we our very first trail run together ever was six and a half miles and we were in marathon shape when we did that um i have never been so sore in my life i (laughs) i finished that six and a half mile run and i was literally sore for like five days just being like i can't feel anything i can't feel my legs i'm paralyzed from the hips down what happened i need more (laughs) you know like i i don't know what that was but it felt like magic and so um and so we stuck with it we made some trail friends and we bought a map and we like learned everything that we possibly could about the local trails that we have here in forest park we're so lucky in portland to have Mm -hmm 
all the access to nature right here. I mean, from anywhere in Portland, I can get to Forest Park in like 20 minutes and there are 85 plus miles of trails out there to explore. And I've seen them all now. <laughs> so that's kind of an exciting thing. But um, yeah, it was really phenomenal that she and I tackled that big goal together and we we hung together for months and months and months. When we showed up at race day that um, that morning, <laughs> the race director said, has anybody here not run a trail run before? And she and I like both kind of meekly raised our hands like, oh gosh, what are we getting ourselves into? We've never done this. Plus it's 31 miles. What are we thinking? Um, but, you know, we got the job done. So Sarah, can you tell us more about Weist Sisterhood, uh, what it does, what it's all about, how it, you know, started and why it so perfectly dovetails with Join and their mission? Yeah, of course. Okay, so I was just telling you that... Um, a friend and I trained together for our first ever 50K. And when I finished that 50K, I felt like superwoman. Um, I finished with the biggest runner's high I probably have ever had from any race. And I was just like glowing for a week. So I did the really crazy thing and I just jumped into a new training block. I was like, I'm doing that again. I feel like magic and here we go. So um, I finished that race in May and I signed up for another race of the same distance in October. And about three weeks later, I was in excruciating pain in my left ankle. And so I went and saw a physical therapist um, who was like, tell me everything about your running history. And so I did. And she was like, mm-hmm. okay, so tell me when you rest. And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What did you say? Rest? I don't. That's not that's not a thing that I do. And she was like, yeah, okay, well, there's your problem right there. You're not actually injured. You're just overusing your body. So how do you how do you train? And she kind of opened my eyes to, you know, if you've been running for a very long time and you know what you're doing and you've got a solid base, you probably don't need to just train by the book every single time for every single race of the same distance over and over again. And I was like, oh, okay. So if I've done this thing before, somebody can help me get ready for a new one. And she said, yeah, you need a coach, just a, another person that you can bounce ideas off of and say, this is where I'm coming from. And this is what my goal is for the next time. Help me design something that's actually going to fit my lifestyle. As a mom, sometimes that's really, really hard. And by the book doesn't work for us, right? Because life happens. So I found a local running um, coach. Uh, his name is Willie McBride and he works um, he and his business partner, Yassine, own the Wyeast Wolfpack. So we started training together and um, we trained together for probably six months um, and developed a friendship over that time. And a year or so after I met those guys and we um, we connected really, really well, they asked if I and some other women in our local running community would be interested in starting a sister group with the Wyeast Wolfpack. And the idea of the White Sisterhood was born right there, where we were like, you know, there's this phenomenal trail running community in the Portland area, and it is strong with men and women. But how amazing would it be if there was a women's only version of that, a safe space for just women to get together and work out together and challenge each other and get strong together and share their voices and their concerns and all of those things that sometimes we're not super able to share when there are men around as well. And I was like, yes, that is that is definitely a thing that we need. Um, so it was born there. We started um, with a different business name about a year ago. And um, in June last year, we changed our name to Weist Sisterhood. And we've kind of just taken off from there. So the, the class that I run on Monday evenings um, 
is posted through Join. Um, Join is a company that found us probably six months ago, and their whole <laughs> their whole demeanor just fits ours so well. They're all about um, being inclusive. They're all about making sure that everybody finds a space where they can find joy in the physical activity that they're doing. And the Hawaii Sisterhood, one of the one of the things that I think is most amazing about the Hawaii Sisterhood is that it's real women in a real spot. We get together face to face on a weekly basis and we're run buddies. Right. I mean, it's gotten to the point over the last year where I literally can call someone every single day of the week to go for a run with. And that's um, that's an incredible change from where I was probably three years ago. Right. Um, where you have a couple of run buddies, but there's not that that huge community feeling. So we've really built um, a strong sense of community here at home. Um, okay, so you and your co-teacher, Jen, lead outdoor running classes. That was Jen was there on Monday night. Yes. So how do you two infuse joy into those classes? I mean, those stairs at Mount Tabor were pretty dang gnarly. <laughs> it's true. So Jen and I have tackled Monday Night Boot Camp with the idea that when a group of women show up together, we're stronger together. And if we can make people laugh and high five and sweat and hoot and holler for each other, then we have effectively done our job on Monday nights. So as a runner, I myself have a hard time making myself do boot camp style activities. I have a hard time doing circuit drills or Tabata exercises or all of those functional fitness activities that we really need to strengthen our running form, but we just never do because really running's the thing that we like to do. So on Monday nights, we, um, we always design a workout that will be great for runner bodies. Um, but that are those exercises that maybe you just wouldn't have the motivation to make yourself do yourself. And then our goal is to show up and to make those ladies laugh and to make those ladies smile and to give people permission to show up and go as hard as they want to go um, for wherever they are in their own training or their own life. So there's a lot of people listening to this uh, podcast right now that might be on a treadmill in the basement next to a pile of laundry <laughs> or uh, running solo laps in their subdivision. And they might be uh, pretty upset right now to hear, you know, that these kind of things exist and maybe they don't exist in their area or they just haven't found it yet. So how can those women spark joy and fun in their workouts? How can they get in that headspace of happiness, acceptance, enjoyment with their runs? You know, that's a great question. I would be lying to tell you that I've never run on a treadmill next to a pile of laundry in a basement. <laughs> I would be lying okay. to tell you that I've never, <laughs> no, nobody's alone. I would be lying to say that I've never run or that I still don't run circles around subdivision in my own neighborhood. But um, I would say for myself, at least, it always comes down to why I'm doing the thing that I'm doing. So I have had a multitude of runs that have um, turned into just the grind, you know, where you're you're training for something and you think today I'm supposed to get in 10 miles. So regardless of what it takes today, I'm doing those 10 miles and it feels like torture um, for myself as often as possible. If I can take um, if I can take myself out of torture and out of having to do something because the paper says that I have to do something and really remember why I'm out doing it, um, then I can then I can enjoy it more. So. For example, actually, just this week, um, this last weekend, I did my long run on Saturday. Um, I have committed to my family that I will spend just one day every weekend 
doing running stuff and I just get that day free. And the other day of every weekend is for family stuff. So we wake up in the morning, we eat pancakes, we hang out, we do all the kid things. Um, my five-year-old and seven-year-old don't think it's weird that I disappear for half a day once a weekend. But uh, we also really value the time that we get to spend together when all four of us are home um, one day of the week. So this last weekend, I did my long run on Saturday. And then I took Sunday as a rest day. And then Monday, I needed to find time to do another kind of long run. Um, Where I'm at my training right now requires sort of back-to-back long runs to make sure that I can get my mileage in. So on Monday morning, when it was 75 degrees in Portland, (laughs) I headed out for a 10-mile run on tired legs. And um, about four miles into that run, I realized like, okay, this is really not going the way that I wanted it to. I'm not running as fast as I would like to be running. I'm not running um, as easily as I want to be running. I'm really feeling like I'm just slogging through this. And I had to spend a few minutes just remembering that like the reason that I'm doing this is because it's hard. It is hard. Running's hard. And that's sort of what I like about it. I like, I like challenging myself and I like feeling like my body's already tired and now I'm asking it to do this thing that makes it even more tired. And I shifted, I shifted my thought away from my watch. I actually turned my watch off in the middle of my run on Monday. And I said, okay, now the goal is just to keep running until you get back home. And, and I did just that. And when I got home, I literally laid down in my front yard and just sort of soaked in the sunshine for a few minutes and thought to myself, you know, the reason that I finished this is because Because when I can make my body go that extra distance, it makes me feel like like I've accomplished something this morning, (laughs) like I've done something for me that's a win just for me. And nobody else notices. Nobody else even needs to know. But I feel like I I tackled a goal. I got it done. And now I can move on throughout my day with like a sense of accomplishment and a sense of, you know, I don't know, heightened self-worth. Later, that will turn into some sort of result for me, whether or not that is, you know, going on a longer adventure in a few weekends or having a better race in a couple of months, whatever, whatever it means. Mm-hmm. I got a little win for myself. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. I mean, that's definitely, I think so many more women need to hear that message. I mean, that's definitely what AMR is all about, too, about doing, putting yourself first, doing it for you. Yeah. Checking that box. Yeah. 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 So in an email you wrote, and this is kind of a long quote, I am driven by the thought, why not me? I love setting big goals, goals that feel nearly impossible, and then realizing I'm stronger, braver, and more capable than I imagined. I have never set out to win a race. I'm not fast, but I feel like Wonder Woman when I finish an endurance event. So can you elaborate on that, please? Yeah. Okay, so this is sort of what I was saying about that first 50K adventure was it sort of started as a bad joke. It was one of those things where like, (laughs) of course, I can't do that. But I mean, really, I can. I have a body. I have legs. These legs have taken me thousands and thousands of miles. And it's true. I'm never going to win anything. I'm not going to stand on a podium um, having won a race probably ever. And that's okay with me. Uh, Sometimes I have to really take a step back, especially since I've become a mom and say, okay, this body is pretty incredible, right? Like I grew two humans and now I am raising those two humans and there is not enough time in the day to pull off all of the things that I would like to do. But there is this thing in my life, this hobby in my life that makes me feel really, really incredible and that's running. And over the years that's transitioned a lot, but currently it is trail running specifically or adventure running is really what I'd like to call it. Um, which means not always running, but just being outside in nature and going as fast as I can forward (laughs) for any given amount of time, right? So 
I um, I finished my first 50K and I thought, okay, what happens next? And a lot of people in the ultra running community, um, you know, move through the progression of a 50K and then a 50 miler and then a 100 miler and then, you know, what happens next? And And I don't know how much I will progress like through that. Um, but I have decided that what I really enjoy is traveling to run. I really like going to new places and seeing what I can um, on foot, going somewhere and checking out a new city or going somewhere and checking out a new mountain, new trails, taking myself there with my own energy is a pretty, um, a pretty incredible thing. So Last year, I made myself a goal to run a 50-mile race, um, and I set out to do that just as like a, can I? Can I actually make it that far? I'm not really sure that I can, and um, it felt attainable enough. Like I, I could look at a training plan and say, yeah, sure, I, I have time to fit this into my schedule, but I'm, I'm truly not sure that my body at the end of the day is going to be able to make this thing happen, so as all things in motherhood happen, I, I got through my training plan and there was a twist. My kids got out of school and I think I told you the other night, we went to Disneyland and my daughter, who was four and a half at the time, I'm not joking, licked something in Disneyland, which is like guaranteed to make you very, very ill, right? So it did. It made her very sick. And she then got my son very sick. And then I got very sick. And the whole family spent three weeks with a fever. Some like my daughter ended up with pneumonia. My son ended up with bronchiolitis. Like it got really bad. And my taper leading into my 50 mile race ended up just being a mom in bed with sick kids. So I started that race day with one thought in mind, and that was like, today is it. Today is the day. This is race day. And I don't get a redo next weekend if I want to, unless I'm going to just like go it alone. So I have to decide if I'm going to start this race or if I'm not going to start this race. And I actually chatted it out with my husband a little while being like, if I start this race, I'm going to finish this race. Like, I don't I don't want to start it just to run 20 miles and be like, well, I tried. So I'm going to go for it. And he said, yeah, of course, like you're trained, you should, you should go for it. So it was, um, it was quite possibly the most horrible race I've ever had in my life. But I started a 50 mile race on our, our local Mount Hood. And, um, and it was a slog. And about halfway through that race, I had a bit of a pity party for myself where I, I had that moment of like, really, why, why am I doing this? Like, I'm selfish. (laughs) I'm, I'm struggling and my family is struggling because I'm out here by myself and I'm, you know, like this is, this is really hard for me and it must be really hard for them. And then I actually saw them at an aid station um, about 28 miles into that race and they looked amazing Mm. and they were cheering for me and they were happy to see me. And I had like an instant change of heart where I thought, okay, forget the pity party. It doesn't matter. Like you haven't felt great for the last three weeks, whatever, but remember why you're out here. You wanted to know if you could do this. So now's your time. Like either, either you, you absolutely crash and burn because you can't do this or you do this, like go do it. So I left them at 28 miles. I ran away from them and I thought, okay, for my family, for the rest of the day, this is me. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do what I can to keep moving forward. And when I come back and I see them at the finish, hopefully they're all still in good moods, right? Like that's, that's the thing that you can hope for at the end of a, a 12 and a half hour day, it turned out to be. Um, 
they were waiting for me again at the finish line. My kids ran the last quarter of a mile in with Aww. me. And it was one of the most amazing experiences because I, I got to finish that race not feeling good in my own body at all. Not feeling good because I had been sick. It was a struggle. It was dry. It was hot. It was dusty, whatever. But all of that stuff just immediately melted away. When I picked my daughter and my son up at the last quarter of a mile of the race, they ran with me across the finish line. And then my daughter turned to me. She's four and a half. And she said, Mama, can you pick me up? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. Yes, yes, I can pick you up. And so I did. I grabbed her. And we have all of these finish line pictures of like me holding my daughter at the end of this crazy long endurance event. And I think that's why, right? Like I want my kids to think that it's normal to do something kind of crazy, it's crazy to expect that of yourself, but you know what? If you just, if you set out to do something, the chances are you probably can. It's probably going to take some work to get there, but it'll be worth it. So, Maggie, do you have any final? Do you have a final question? Oh, that was amazing. I know. <laughs> I need to leave it there. Yeah, I agree. That is the perfect place to end, Sarah. So, I, I'm also I want to say I'm so glad that this doing this podcast brought made our paths cross oh my gosh me too i just think you are an amazing person i sort of it's like i've found a whole new park in portland like this amazing thing slash place that i didn't that i didn't know about before so now yeah glad to hear that thank you for having me it's been really fun so i mean seriously maggie i'm so glad that i met these two women and now um i know you're welcome so uh yes i'm a connector yeah yeah exactly yeah i should say yeah you are the person who put me in touch with them so well done you you wear many hats maggie in that and you know your pr side is one of them so well done. i wish i knew her before i moved because i I was always looking for someone to go run with yeah i because i do need to be more adventurous or i i yearn to be i don't need to be i yearn to be more adventurous so you need more joy i do in your I do. In your workout. I, I, I mean, I definitely enjoy it. And I, you know, I certainly, and like Gwen was talking about community, you know, I certainly love having Molly there by my side, but just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's nice to think about shaking things up a little bit when I get back um, running. So, yes. So, well, let's hear what Dimity and her pals in the Train Like a Mother Club are up to. Hello, hello, it's Dimity here in Denver with your Train Like a Mother Club corner. I am coming to you um, from the 50K corner of the Train Like a Mother Club today, which means a kind of long race report. So I'm not going to chit chat about the Grand Canyon or anything else. We will save that for another episode. So here comes an awesome update from Carrie Ann. She says, I finally have a moment to share my race recap of Saturday's dirty German 50K. Here it goes. Thankfully, the forecast changed and we did not have that 90 plus degree weather that was originally anticipated. It rained the night before in the morning of and it was humid. I felt the humidity, but it was not unbearable. It was actually cool at the start. And I think the temperature topped out in the high 70s. I knew the course would be a little muddy, but my Solomon Speed Cross, which were her shoes, did me well. I also think that training through snow and the rain this year really gave me confidence. I had zero issues slipping out there and I'm a clumsy turtle. I started near the back of the pack because I'm usually a middle of the back of the pack. I'm usually a middle of the pack runner who flirts with back of the pack status, and I didn't know what the day would bring. The first several miles were a bit frustrating as we were on true single track, and the lead runner in my little group did a walk run combo right out of the gate. I tried to kick that frustration out of my mind and think how grateful I'd be in the later miles that I took it so easy early on and conserved energy. 
The course is two loops. After I found an opening to move past the walk runner, I was able to settle into my pace for the remainder of the first loop. I repeatedly played leapfrog with the same female runner. It would have been cool to chat with her, but she had headphones on and couldn't hear me. She actually ran off course twice, so I had to yell at her rather loudly to let her know. LOL. She also had strong perfume on, so that really pushed me to eventually pull ahead of her. Okay, quick side note, who wears perfume in an ultra? Maybe you do, but I can't imagine. But I don't wear perfume really ever. So anyway, okay, moving on. I felt okay on the first loop. I was adjusting to the humidity, keeping my nutrition on point, and just trying to settle in. As I neared the first loop about a mile out, or as I neared the close of the first loop, about a mile out, I could hear the accordion player playing songs from The Sound of Music. I love that movie. I couldn't help but sing along to the lonely goat herd. Thankfully, I was flying solo at this point, so no ears were damaged by my off-key singing. And I won't sing either, but that's the one where they have the puppet show, you know. Um, and I, you know, you know the tune. I'm not going to do it for you. <laughs> the second loop was where the fun began. I flipped back and forth between two groups of similarly paced runners who were so fun, upbeat, and friendly. There were two guys who I continuously played leapfrog with who were just hilarious. Their company made the miles fly by. Between miles 18 and 22, I felt a little crappy and started to question my ability to get this thing done in a respectable time. This is the same place I feel the suck during road marathons. I started to take a few walk breaks and allow my mind and body to reset. I also spoke out loud to myself a few times. Thankfully, the aid station at at 18.5, the same aid station for mile 26.5, more on that later, was run by the most entertaining volunteers. It was a total party and a much-needed boost. After struggling through mile 22, I had this random and sudden burst of energy at mile 23. I ran the remainder of the race, with the exception of hiking a few inclines. I felt amazing. I think, I'm thinking this was a combo of race day nutrition and the strength training I did in the program. It all came together. I ended up pulling w- way ahead of the groups I'd been running with. It felt incredible to finish that race, feeling so strong with a smile on my face. Back to, age 20, back to aid station 26.5. I was handed a beer by a German volunteer who told me that I looked like I needed it. LOL. It happened to be a beer I really liked, so I went for it. I had been fueling with cola at this point, so I knew the carbonation would sit okay in my stomach. Again, these volunteers had me laughing so far into this race. What a fun break and the final boost I needed to finish this race. My goal was to finish in under eight hours, and I ran it in seven minutes and 31 minutes. Seven hours and 31 minutes. So close to cracking seven hours and 30 minutes, but I'm still really proud of what I accomplished. Thank you, Coach Stephanie Violet, for this program and for all the advice throughout it. All of it works. It all came together and enabled me to really enjoy the 50K distance. I think the biggest key here was that I did enjoy it. Had I not been properly trained or educated on race day nutrition, I think this would have been a different story. Um, I plan to follow the program again for my next 50K, and I'd still like to tackle that 50-mile distance, too. Someday, for sure. Great, great pictures from Carrie Ann, and such a great write-up. And I love just the um, spirit of the whole ultra and the beer and the chatting with people and laughing. Congratulations. That just makes my heart sing. All right, that's long enough. Talk to you all next week. Hope you have a great week, ladies. Bye. Okay, listen up, listen up, ladies. I've got some news about some of our 2019 Run Plus Refresh retreats. There's going to be a June email blast that will have all the details about our 2019 retreats, such as our first international retreat at Rancho La Puerta in early February and our traditional spring retreat in early May in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. 
Okay, so that's going to be on June 11. There's going to be an email blast. And then we'll open general registration for those two retreats on Monday, June 18th. Again, that's Monday, June 18th is when we're going to open that retreat registration. And we anticipate space will fill pretty quickly. So literally mark your calendars, Monday, June 18, sign up. And registration for the retreats will be on motherrunnerstore.com. But if you definitely want to be getting announcements like this without having to listen to me say them, you can go to anothermotherrunner.com and sign up for our newsletter because that's how you're going to get all these announcements. It's going to come right to your inbox and boom, it's going to be a reminder. So again, June 11, we'll release details. June 18 is when registration for our 2019 retreats or those two specifically. So uh, head on over to another mother runner or motherrunnerstore.com. All right. Our podcast is recorded here in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward of Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy, joyful miles to you.